Wow, what a wonderful introduction. My goodness, isn't this an incredible ship? I just, I just love this ship. We're having such a great time. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here to tell you a few stories and sing some of the songs my brother Bob and I wrote. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheree. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheroo. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away With one song that people either want to kill us or kiss us for doing You know it already I, <laughs> This is fun, it's preaching to the choir I don't have to say anything Say, ooh, I want to be like you I want to walk like you, talk like you, a too. You'll see it's true. An ape like me can learn to be human too. Everybody in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon in the tiki 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 room. And here's your song. W. Everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 300 for the week of November 11th, 2012. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my passion for Disney with you each and every week. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to wherever you are with this podcast videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find it all over at www.radio.com. So we just returned from the WDW Radio cruise on the Disney Dream, which was filled with four days of fun, friends, a little bit of Disney magic, and our very special guest, Disney legend Richard M. Sherman of the Sherman Brothers. So this week, we're going to recap the cruise, events, and some memorable moments, and I'll also share information about the next WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Fantasy in 2013. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have some announcements at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So I want to take just one second to ask for your help one last time because the podcast awards voting ends this Thursday, November 15th. If you please head on over to podcastawards.com. WDW Radio has been nominated in the travel category for a podcast award. And if you like the show, I'd ask that you vote once a day, every day until Thursday the 15th for WDW Radio. It takes just a few seconds to visit podcastawards.com. You can find the link on the WDWRadio.com website. Go down to the travel category. It's the bottom right category. Click on WDW Radio. Enter your name and valid email address. 
and click submit. You'll then get an email from Podcast Awards asking you to verify your vote, and that's it. Every vote is important and helpful, and no matter the outcome, I am so very grateful to all of you for your support and your friendship and for taking the time to tune in and listen every week. Again, please visit podcastawards.com and vote for WDW Radio in the travel category every day until this Thursday, November 15th. Thanks again. Countdown began, and just a few days ago, we finally set sail on the second WDW Radio cruise on the Disney Dream, four days at sea at the Bahamas and Castaway Key with our friends and extended family at WW Radio. I wanted to recap this week's events for those of you that weren't able to join us as well as uh, recall some great times with friends for those of you that were. Speaking of great times with friends, I am joined in the home studio, which still feels like it's rocking just a little bit, uh, by Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Yeah, the, it is definitely moving. The house is moving, the table is moving, the chairs are moving. Can we just get back on the ship? That's because I have you in, in one of my kids' old bouncy seats. And also, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Caggiano is here uh, off the ship with us and uh, lamenting the long drive back to you. Yep, we're it's cold uh, and snowy in New York. We'll hit the hit the road shortly and head back to New York. So I'm trying to put it off as long as I can. One more day <laughs> here in town. So. That's right, because while one count is o- countdown is over, another countdown has begun. But we'll get to that soon. But what I thought we would do is because four days went so fast and it was very much to a certain degree a blur. I want to sort of just think back and go through. You know, kind of day by day, what happened on the cruise and, and try and share some of the memories and the great times that we have. But before we even got on board, I, I wanted to mention some of the things that had happened, be- sort of the the excitement before the cruise. And I don't mean just the people getting down there and we'll talk about the dessert party and things like that. But one of the things that we had thought about was so many people, especially in the social networks, were so excited about leading up to the cruise. And we had discussion forums over at www.radio.com. We had a Facebook page, an event page, all these different places, of course, uh, Twitter and things like that as well, where people were communicating with with each other and having a chance to meet. But I've got to give credit where it's due because Christy Visaki, part of the WW Radio team, had an idea that, A, she wanted to get kids involved and, and be part of that, kids who couldn't get online, and came up with this idea of sort of the WW Radio Kids and Teens Pen Pal Exchange. And I I, I say that now because my kids were involved in that as well. And we saw initially at the dessert party the night before an onboard ship, those kids who got there instantly had built-in friendships that they had made sort of offline slash online thanks to the Pen Pals, which I thought was a really great idea. I got them involved the same way their parents had been involved for months beforehand. Yeah, my kids were really excited. They started weeks before talking to their pen pals, and they even put together their own little countdown calendars with stickers that they sent to their pen pals. And um, when we finally got to the dessert party and then on the cruise even, they were really excited. Jordan had already known his 
pen pal, but Dylan met him for the first time on the cruise, and he couldn't have been more excited to get together with him that first day. Yeah, it really was a brilliant idea because you get the children that uh, don't know each other, and sometimes it takes a while to uh, to get them connected. And over the course of a four-day cruise, that's not a lot of time. So Christy really did a great job putting this together. Yeah, we continued something that I guess is now tradition that we had started on the last cruise. Again, the, the idea being letting people get involved with the cruise and getting excited for the cruise before they even got on board. And last time we had a door decorating contest for everyone's cabin doors. And we also had, uh, the last time we did a flag contest or a banner contest. And the idea was to create a flag or a banner that represents you, your cabin, your cabin mates, your family, whatever it may be. People were very, very creative. Uh, the kid who won Future Imagineer clearly certainly upped the bar with lights and music. That bar was raised even higher again this year. But the idea, which I loved, was that People were talking and working together, not just as a family, but were talking with each other even beforehand. And you saw these relationships already forming and then coming together sort of in real life on the Saturday before the cruise when we had the dessert party in uh, Epcot Center. Right, but even for the beginning you're talking about, Stuart and his countdown. <laughs> when that got down to 50 days, 30 days, 7 days, I I, uh, I don't know. It was a great thing to see. Down and to a very hours. scary. Right. Yeah, it was scary when it got down to 7 days. It's like, really? There's so much to do, not enough time to do it. So between all of those avenues, and but the, the tweeting of Stuart and the countdown, yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was great, and Stuart was very creative because he made rhymes and haikus and all kinds of stuff. Of course, at some point that the, we laughed about this together, the the count had gotten off by one day, and it ended on Saturday. I said, Stuart, I went to the port on Saturday. Nobody was there. <laughs> but it was scary for us when it got down to day, single digits and hours because we did exactly what we said we weren't going to do last year, which was end up, at, end up at FedEx office the day before the cruise. Yeah, remember, I think I, I was saying that we weren't going to do that again this year, and you're saying, not a problem, don't worry, you're stressing. And where were we? FedEx, yeah, 24 but, hours before But the we cruise. got better because this year... Tony Cacciano wasn't going, Tony, we got to get to the front of FedEx office. <laughs> no, it was one trip, no uh, roller skates involved. I didn't have to go back and forth six times. But, um, yeah, but between the FedEx and the, what what was the final count? 48 boxes we had to go yeah, through 42, to get rid of 42. 42 so. And luggage. And unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff. Uh, the MEI team had, had pre-brought on a lot of the stuff that we had put together and been working on and had set up a lot of surprises that we had set up for people beforehand. But even the day before, again, Becky, you were kind enough to put together uh, this great dessert party for Illuminations, which was not only a great way to give yourself an excuse to go to food and wine and eat desserts until you couldn't eat anymore and, and watch Illuminations from a great place. But that really is where the online relationships relationships turned into the handshakes and the hugs that I talked about. And you saw people just so excited to finally meet and get ready to get on board. Yes. One of the uh, the guests came up to me and said, I'm a single cruiser. This is my first cruise. I'm going by myself. This was the perfect way for me to meet the other cruisers. And she had friends the moment that she left that dessert party. And it was so great because it was a reunion of sorts. There were several people who hadn't seen each other since the the last cruise that we did. So it was a great way to kick it off. Icebreaker for those who, uh, who hadn't met other people. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. 
Yeah, and it was one of those things that I think a lot of the adults very much felt like my son, which was he didn't want to go because he wanted to go home and go to sleep so the cruise would get here faster. <laughs> He's like, we, I need, we need to leave. I want to go to sleep so we can get up and get on the cruise. And um, uh, on embarkation day on Sunday, November 4th, you know, everything just came together so well. First of all, I, I was so concerned, as many of us were, about the people in the Northeast who were having a tough time getting out present company included Tony and Christy and so many people who were hit and hurt and victimized by by Sandy and and our and our hearts and our prayers were with them but for the people who were coming on the cruise there was a lot of fear about not being able to come on Tony Caggiano just grabbed the bull by the horns and said it's Tuesday I'm getting in my car and driving yeah they literally canceled their flight and before we even heard back if the flight was canceled I sent the car off to have the oil change and all that good stuff so the car's ready to go they canceled it and we were on the road within three hours we just and i think we just couldn't miss it and i think a lot of people felt the same way some people were lucky enough to get out on later flights or switch their flights to different airports i know a couple of people made a long drive to an airport that was out of the path of the the issues and every it seems like most people got down here i didn't hear too many stories about people who didn't make it yeah when we had uh when we heard the storm was as intense as it was going to be we knew that it was going to be a problem and our agents went right into task force mode and we started talking to the the clients that were going to be um the cruisers that were going to be impacted and it was amazing how many people said i am not going to miss this i might not make my flight but i'm getting in my car and like tony i'm driving i'm going to be there i'm not going to miss this this opportunity and look at how excited he is about driving back home today. <laughs> the 19-hour drive is a lot more daunting from this end. You know, on the other end of this drive is just more is just getting back to work, so it's not the same thing. Well, yeah, I, I was happy to see people, and and many of whom didn't have power, didn't have internet, they didn't have some of the the basic necessities, but this was uh, that important to them. And I and I thank and I I applaud them even more for making that extra effort to get down. And I think that we found that for all those people, it was very much worth it. Uh, but yeah, so so day one, sort of, it's sort of like a half day. It's embarkation day, um, but it's all about the excitement. It's all about getting to the port. I am one of those crazy people that likes to get to the airport six hours early. So by seven o'clock in the morning, I'm like, pack it up, kids. The bus is moving out. And the convoy began, but we were not the only ones. And we were not the first ones there because there were a lot of people who were already in the parking deck waiting for uh, the port to open up. Port Canaveral, but day one really is about you know getting through the process, getting through uh, the port, and getting on board ship. But one thing that we did last year at six eight seven, which is in the adult area, it's one of the um, adult lounges. We moved to uh, the D Lounge, a much bigger venue on deck four midship. Thank you very much, Becky Mankin. But it's a great. It was a great way for people to when they came on board. They had a place to go, right? So many people want to explore the ship or go get some lunch. But by making that into a welcome center, and you guys did a great job of creating stations, different locations with cool little flags so people knew that they could come in, they could pick up their welcome pack, they could get their credentials. There was a Q&A area. You could sign up for stateroom tours. Uh, you had your mouse fan, Disney dream, bingo game. We'll talk about how that's another sort of icebreaker thing the door decorating contest, you bring in your batter and learn a little bit more about uh, some of the things we had planned later on. But that was really, it was a much better location because of the size. And that's really where people who maybe couldn't get to the illuminations party or some people who came in that morning were able to sort of 
get together and sit and really sort of figure out what the next four days are going to be like. Right. They could actually come in, check in, get their credentials, get all the information that, that you mentioned, but then sit down and breathe and relax. And if they had questions, if they looked at their cruise navigator, they could see what was coming up and is it going to conflict with something or I have a dining problem, where do I go? All of that was at those stations in that one room. So you could really um, take advantage of all of the knowledge of the agents that were there to help you with any problems that you had. And again, just having a large space where we could all just get together and say hi. After you've done all your check-in, it's like, oh, I missed you. I didn't get to see you at the dessert party. So another mini reunion. And I think it made it, it was nice for people playing the mouse fan bingo to really it let the bingo do what it was supposed to do. People really got to know each other and chat and it was less hectic. In the first cruise, the area that we checked in was much smaller and people kind of came in, milled around for a little bit, but left. This time, as you looked around the room, there were groups of people sitting on the lounge chairs. Really, it was really a little event. It was a real, a true get together. And people hung out for a while and had a good time talking and joking around, and it was a great icebreaker. And the Mouse Fan Bingo, for, for those of you who may have never seen it before, it's set up in, in a grid, and in the 16 different grid spaces, there would be things like, have been on an Adventures by Disney, have attended D23, was on the Disney Fantasy, has stayed at all the monorail resorts. So it forced you to go around and start talking to people that you otherwise may not have had a chance to talk to before. Again, everybody had yellow landers and credentials on. So listen, with nearly 500 people on a ship of 2,500, you always found on those four days another friendly face. You knew somebody that you instantly had a connection to. But now all of a sudden you were looking down at their name and saying, hey, Tony, have you ever been on the fantasy? Have you been to Alani? And people get a chance to start talking that. And it was a lot of fun even though we just were signing, you know, I was Bob Iger. <laughs> randomly, <laughs> randomly. But of course, there was a big prize for who won for uh, Mouse Fan Bingo as well. Hot tub with Becky Mankin. Well, which, no, uh, it, no? Was a, it was bigger than that. Nothing is bigger than bigger. that. Oh, no, it was bigger than that. It was a Apollo dinner with you and I, but more importantly, with Mr. Richard Sherman and his wife, which was an amazing, amazing evening, which I'm sure we'll get to when we get down that line. But when, trust me, when we say there's a big prize for bingo, play it. Definitely play it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, you know, and it's funny because as we've been talking about all this, you know, we were going to get to to Richard Sherman's concert, but it was almost sort of secondary to people's just excitement for being on the cruise as part of a community, as part of a, I mean, that's, look, that's what radio, W Radio has set out to do from day one is make people feel as though they are part of a family and a community. And events like this very much solidifies that. Look, I, I thought that we caught lightning in a bottle last time. I did. We had nearly the same number of people. And I said, God, you know, 500 people for four days stuck on a floating piece of steel and iron. There's going to, but everybody got along so well and you saw all these great friendships and relationships form. I figured we just got really lucky. But after this cruise, clearly we got lucky yet again. And I think that's it is because of that. They know that they are traveling among friends. And look, so many people came down. There were solo travelers, couples, older couples, younger couples, people with families, whatever it might be. Everybody was able to sort of get along very, very easily. And I think things like that in the Welcome Center uh, really help. Um, after that, you have things like the lifeboat drill. Not that the ship is going to go anywhere, but <laughs> that's after that, after you sort of get through all that, that's where the party starts. The big sail away party on deck. And, and what I loved doing was what, not necessarily watching the party, 
but watching the party goers because to see so many people up on deck 11 on deck 12 with lanyards in their uh, around their necks oftentimes with my ties in their hands or whatever <laughs> maybe having such a good time like the countdown was finally over and that really does sort of kick off the uh, the week's events yeah the uh, sail away party is always a lot of fun it's really the first time you get to just kickback especially for us we were at the welcome center and just chatting with everybody but that felt like vacation has begun everybody's out there everybody's partying partying kids are on dad's shoulders and there's music there's dancing there's sail away cocktails <laughs> <laughs> there's not a bad thing it's just a great time was really that and of course that was the first opportunity to start giving away dream keys <laughs> Which was so a Listen, lot of the WM Radio Gangnam style flash wow. mob on deck 11. Hopefully, there's no video, or hopefully, there is. Remains to be seen. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, so, and that night, uh, we, you know, we always sort of struggle with planning. You don't want to plan too much, you don't want to plan too little. And that first day really is about people getting acclimated to the ship, taking time to explore and enjoy everything that the Disney Dream has to offer. And by that, I mean the dining rotations. Uh, if people have never cruised on Disney before, you are assigned as part of a group to individual restaurants for dinner. So it's Animator's Palette one night, then we had Enchanted Garden, then we had back-to-back nights of Royal Palace. And again, having you know 400 and so, nearly 500 people sort of taking over each one of those venues and, and yellow lanyards everywhere uh, was awesome to see, uh, especially on that first night. And then what we did every evening was for the adults. We wanted to sort of give them a place to go and have a place to meet and get together. And so we had our, our nightly evening meetup in Evolution at the district, um, <laughs> which which was fun the first night. It was a lot more fun the, the second, second night. night. And we, <laughs> And we'll well let's move right over. Let's right. So day two is is Nassau Day. Uh, that was the the Monday. And the nice thing again, Becky, was you guys had a hospitality center that was open for people, whether they had questions, problems, issues, whatever it may be. But we wanted to do stuff that was available for people who maybe weren't going to Nassau on board. So we had things like a pin and vinylmation trading meet. Again, all the meets that I have are always going to be around food. So it was right by the uh, Mike Wazowski ice cream uh, and Frozone treat section. Uh, Chrissy created a, uh, a pen pal meetup for all the kids, which was a lot of fun because that's where a lot of them finally got to meet each other. And you, we said before, how many of these kids, like they go to the kids club oftentimes and don't want to come out. Now that they had built in friendships when they were going there, your kids, tell, tell the story about how your kids got mad at you because they thought they missed it. Yeah, we get over to the <laughs> kids club. I think it was on day four, actually, to see day. But anyway, we get to the kids club and the gates are still down. And my four-year-old walks up and he goes, oh, great, man. You made us miss it. And he like, <laughs> and he's completely upset because like this is where everybody kind of looks at us and they say, oh, your kids are back in the kids club. And I'm like, yeah, we, we couldn't pull them out. They couldn't wait to get in there. They had so many friends. They were running in a pack in there. And it was, they couldn't wait to get in. And then no matter what time you show up, they kind of see you there and they look away and they don't want to make eye contact. They're never ready to go. They, <laughs> I mean, my guys absolutely love the kids club and they're doing events and all sorts of games in there. But I think it was great, the pen pals. He could not... My guys could not wait to get in there to see their pen pals and all the other friends they made. Yeah. Yeah. And they would go during the day. They would go at night, which uh, which afforded some of the adults the opportunity to do things like adult dinners or Remy or Apollo or go to Meridian or whatever it may be. Uh, that day, too, was when people were able to come and claim their raffle tickets. And again, 
Uh, I have to give uh, attribution to somebody who's not here, Christy Visaki, who, like all of you guys, are such an important member of the Dream Team Project, where over the past number of years, we've raised uh, about a quarter of a million dollars for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We've had so many successful events and auctions and things like that. She said, you know, we need to be able to bring it to sea. We need to do something for people who come or are coming on board the cruise. And she put together this onboard raffle where if you made a donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America through the Dream Team Project page, you were able to exchange sort of that monetary donation for raffle tickets and put them in a number of different uh, buckets for collectibles, items, experiences, one-of-a-kind kind of things. And I, I guess we could announce what the total was here. We waited until we were at the sale away. Maybe I should announce it then because something special happened then. That I was that I was I was not very much aware of. Um, we had our aqueduct rideathon. Everybody got together on deck eleven. Uh, for many of us, we talked about how earlier this year we had lost a member of the Box People family and Nolan Woodall, and and that was his thing. Nolan loved the uh, the aqueduct, and so we wanted to make it a happy thing. And I know that I was not the only one who, as we rode down the aqueduct, we screamed out <laughs> Nolan's name. Um, but again, each night you had dinner, you had the show at the theater. And for those of us who are over the age of 21, we said, you know, we want to do something really fun. We should do something really cool in the district one night. And Becky, I think it was Becky and I or Tony and I, whoever it was, were kidding around one night. And I said, oh, yeah, we should just make it a pajama party. And we put it on the document and kind of left it there. And Becky's like, I'm going to see what I can do. <laughs> I don't know how you got the approval for that. It was completely G-rated. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, we said it was going to be like 930 in Evolution in the District. So I, I wasn't, listen, nobody looks good in a Snuggie. So I wasn't going to go the Snuggie thing. I wasn't going to try and be funny because I knew Caggiano was going to have something up his sleeves, plural. Um, so I said, all right, let me just get my fleece Mickey Mouse pajamas. And here I am walking around the ship, like from forward to aft. And all these people, are, everybody else is dressed for dinner, right? They're dressed in suits and ties for Remy. And who's the freak walking down to Evolution? And I said, oh, my God, you totally fell for it. Becky probably set this up and told everyone else not to come in pajamas except me. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Why didn't I think of that before? But I was wrong because I walk in and there's like 100 WW Radio cruisers in yellow lanyards and footy pajamas. And it ran the gamut of people. It, there was a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, it was man. completely G-rated. <laughs> it was a, a Kermit the Frog. I was not the only person sweating in my fleece. And off in the, in the corner, holding court, was Tony Caggiano. Yeah, that was a good time. Oh, I, it was magical. Yeah, I don't remember much of that. No. Um, yeah, when you mentioned it, I knew that I was really excited. So, you know, I went out and I got the, the black sateen uh, pajamas and I had my yellow ascot and uh, my Italian stallion uh Satin robe. So yeah, I was I was right into it. You look good. And the Elvis glasses were a nice the touch. Yeah. The Elvis glasses were a nice touch. But uh, you know, it was fun. Everybody had such. You know, this is the thing about Disney, right? We let ourselves be kids again. We don't care what we look like. We don't care walking around Disney World and Mickey ears. Go into the pajama part, and this like this was like the buzz on the cruise. Like we found out from cast members later on. This is what everybody was seen on the who was not wearing a yellow lanyard was talking about. Who are these people in lanyards and pajamas? Well, Becky. Becky swings by, you know, still in her clothes, just, oh, yeah, I'll be back in a moment, you know, kind of to make sure, much like yourself, make sure that she wasn't the, the 
butt of the joke here. But to be honest, when I showed up, I was the only one in pajamas when I showed up. So it was pretty special. We, I get dressed and Charlene's taking photos of me. She's like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> then we get out in the hallway and we walk right through the lobby. And she's like, dear Lord, like we're out in public with this now. <laughs> so we had a good time with it, though. But when we showed up and people started rolling in with their pajamas on and everybody came in the door and just started laughing when they saw everybody else. It was incredible. It was great. It was, it was kind of amazing because... <laughs> When I prepped them in the pre-meeting of what we were doing, the, the faces of the crew was priceless, I, I will say. And then, of course, I said, family-friendly, family-friendly. As I was walking from my cabin to the venue in my pajamas, in my princess pink pajamas, which are going to be burned later. Um, we, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> every crew member was like looking, going, oh, you're going to the pajama party. So uh, many of them were aware. And as you said, it was the buzz. Uh, it was definitely the buzz around the ship. And there were several people had a great time. But I think I think that was the buzz of the evening. But the buzz of the day that carried over into that night was about the event, which for me and I think a lot of other people was really kind of the cornerstone of this cruise. And I've told the story many times, so forgive me for, for repeating it again. But after the cruise on the Disney Dream last February, and everybody had such a great time, and so many people wanted to come back and do it again, I said, we, we need to do something bigger. We need to do something bigger and better, and I love this ship, and I love all these people, but I want to add something to it. I said to Becky, so what about bringing on a special guest? She goes, all right, what are you thinking of? And I said, look, I, I, I'm a big dreamer. I dream big and then work my way down. I said, I'm going to shoot for the biggest guest I can possibly think of who I think would bring such an incredible experience to those people coming on board. And she said, well, who are you thinking of? And she said, and I said, Richard Sherman. She goes, all right, let me know how that goes out for you. And then eventually we'll end up asking Tony Caggiano to, <laughs> to perform. But I, I had interviewed Richard a couple of times before. I, I had met him and spoken with him on the phone a few times. And I called him up, um, which was very nerve wracking to do. But I called him up and I explained it to him. And he goes, yeah, I'd love to come. And I, I, I said the story, told the story. And I said, it's, I literally was like, all right, I, I got to go. Let me go. I'll call you right back because I didn't want to start asking questions or change his mind. I didn't want <laughs> I said I had a commitment for a yes. And he said yes. Because, look, I think that and, and we saw this uh, when he came on to perform. Everybody may not know his name. It may not be the most familiar name, but when you start sort of going through his resume of work, his body of work from, listen, whether it's Tall Paul or You're 16 or Mary Poppins or The Jungle Book or Winnie the Pooh or Theme Park Songs, whatever it is, everybody has a connection to him. And uh, he was gracious enough to join us with his wife, who they are an amazing couple. Um, he, he is such a, a great genuine person and so we had the entire walt disney theater uh because of the size of the group for him to come out and perform and earlier in the day we had gone out and we had done a sound check with him and i and i need to tell the story because uh he's up there and he's doing a sound check and of course he's telling stories early on about you know walt and and tom hanks meaning tom hanks for the saving mr banks movie and a couple of the agents are up there and becky's there and i look over at tony i'm like this is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like putzing around, so to speak, like hitting the notes a little bit. He's like, oh, yeah. And he's singing songs and telling, you know, checking the mics and everything. And we're just standing there with him. And he, it's just incredible because you're there on stage with Richard Sherman. He's very, I mean, he's such a down to earth guy. Yeah. And he's joking around with us and very matter of fact about singing the songs. And it was just unbelievable to sit there with him. 
Uh, I could not believe, you know, that he came and we had a chance to, to sit and, and eat with his wife, uh, with him and his wife uh, beforehand. And I'm like, I, you know, f- I, listen, I am a fan first. So for me, I'm like, I'm sitting at dinner with Richard Sherman, like the man who wrote the music to my childhood. And that is not an over-exaggeration. It, it really was. And Mary Poppins remains my favorite movie. And uh, I introduced him and he came out on stage and it was Richard and a piano and a chair. Um, and he, he told about how that chair represented where his late brother was sitting or maybe Walt would be sitting, watching and listening in and saying, yeah, that'll work. That'll work as he was telling. But he was able to perform the songs that he played for Walt Disney exactly the way Walt heard them. Not before they were produced and arranged and resung by Julie Andrews or Louis Prima or whoever. This was him and a piano and nothing else. And man, I tell you, he made you feel like you were sitting in his living room, not in a theater. And he was just, he was sitting, sort of sitting around his piano telling stories about Walt and all these people and playing the songs. <laughs> just thinking about it it really is a magical thought and as as we were sitting in the theater watching this magic go on in front of us his wife elizabeth was sitting right next to me and every once in a while she would tap me on the shoulder and she would say wow he's telling a story i've never heard him tell before <laughs> or this is amazing that he's doing this song because he doesn't do this song usually so he's really targeting it to the disney fan and it, she was just as amazed and surprised and what was really sweet and I, this this couple these two people are amazing together you can tell that they are really a, a partnership together and as he was singing the song she's singing in sitting in the seat it, it really was a great time and it went way too fast it went way too fast, but I was sitting in the front off to the side. And again, as I and want to do, I always like watching the audience as much as I like watching the performance. As difficult as it was for me to sort of take my attention away from him and watching him emote and get emotional still when he tells stories about his brother or Walt, I watched the audience because as I'm sitting there crying, I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only guy there who was doing it. And depending on what song was playing... Men, women, kids are wiping their eyes away. And I said this one when, after he was done, I said, thank God it was in the dark and I was off to the side because I was like a blubbering idiot. But fortunately, I heard from almost every other guest who was there, they all felt the same way. There was a single song or a single moment that resonated with them and it hit them in the heart. And that is what he was able to bring with that performance. Yeah, as I was, I was walking around taking photographs through the whole show and it was incredible that no matter where I was, I would kneel down to take some photographs for a minute or two, and I would hear someone to the side singing a Mary Poppins song. Then he would start singing a Winnie the Pooh song, and someone else, every song, different people were singing along with. So it really felt like every it really hit home with everybody in a different way, though. Each person really connected with something different and special. Some people more with the stories and then individual songs. It was... I was all choked up walking around listening to it. Yeah, the stories were incredible. And I got to say, it was a really surreal feeling, besides, of course, remembering all the tissues that I had to put in my pocket for when Feed the Birds came up, because that was the moment that I turned into a lithering idiot. But it was very surreal to be 
in an elevator. I was lucky enough to to uh, help escort them from place to place now and then. You'd be in the elevator, and all of a sudden, one of his songs would come on in the elevator. It's elevator <laughs> music, and you would just see his his face kind of light up for a second. And he'd go, "That's mine." <laughs> <laughs> but he's so you know the thing about him too was he didn't just it wasn't an act you know it was him sort of just being very honest and he knew and he said many times he's like you know I, he goes oh you, you guys know this movie you know the story like i'm talking to my people it was different for performing than performing for people who may not be familiar with his work and we even did a q a session with the audience afterwards and one of the final questions was from somebody who said listen i gotta tell you the truth this is my first group event it's my first thing I honestly, when they said Richard Sherman was coming on board, I, I wasn't really sure who was. But then as you were going through all those songs, I realized how much of what you've written has I knew and I love and has impacted my life. Like that guy didn't know beforehand, but after he played. And I just think from talking to him and from guests who were able to talk to him, he's so approachable. He's so genuine. He's so authentic. Uh, we found that you were able to kid around with him, whether whether <laughs> talking about him looking like Walter Matthau or at one point <laughs> he said he's up on stage and he's telling a story and he's being, and he's like, you know, why am I here? You know, why am I here? This is why I'm here. And I so desperately want to yell out from the side because Alan Menken was unavailable. <laughs> and, he would and, have loved that. and I told it to him, he goes, oh yeah, you should have done that. That would have been great. Yeah, like do that. He was more upset that Lou didn't say it. He's like, why wouldn't you do that? And it's funny because his wife, Elizabeth, she just rolls his li- her eyes and she's like, anything for a laugh with this guy. But they're like she Martin and Lewis, those two. Like yeah. they are a comedy yeah. team. They've been together 55 years and you know, you could sh- see I think he described her a couple of times as sort of the fire under the machine. You know, he very much attributes a lot of his success because she bought into the Richard Sherman thing before he was Richard M. Sherman of the Sherman Brothers. Uh, yeah, she was on that journey together with him. Yeah, they're just funny. I mean, together as a couple, aside from the music and everything. I was telling him a quick story about how my son is obsessed with step in time. He calls it steppy time. So... We're, we're talking to Elizabeth. She's like, well, I said, how often do you hear it? She said, well, he makes us listen to it five or ten times a day. And she slaps him in the arm and says, Dick, apologize to this man. Nobody deserves that. And he's, he's like, ooh, I'm sorry about that. And he, like, he gives me a hug and apologizes to me. And I'm hysterical laughing. You know, They're just, just really fun people. They really are. And like you said, his show is genuine. And we know that because when it was just us, when it was just five of us, it was the same type of stories and the same type of rapport. So he really was giving that personal performance up on stage. And, you know, when he was there during the cruise, it was his first time on the Disney Dream. He's been on the, the Magic and the Wonder before. This was his first time on the Dream. And he said, look, I'm, I too am. I'm a fan first. He wanted to explore the ship. He wanted to enjoy the ship. And he said, it's beautiful. He said, this is, you know, Walt, would, when I heard him say, Walt would love this. He would love the way it's decorated. He would love this family entertainment. I'm like, oh my God, you're killing me. Again, trying, you know, you try and hold back the tears. But people would see him and I, and they would see me throughout the cruise and said, you know, I, I saw Richard and, and, I, and I wanted to be respectful of him and his time, but I, I couldn't help not go up to him. And they also the same thing that he would spend as much time with you and he looks you right in the eyes and he makes you feel like you are the only person that's there uh, when he's telling the stories or when you want to tell a story that's personal to you. And we saw that a number of times with, with friends of ours who, you know, literally waited 30 years to ask him a question. 
And the answer to the question was, yeah, I just found a couple of words that rhymed with each other. He explained what that single line from a single song meant. And I just saw his eyes and I get choked up saying it because I saw him get choked up. And that's what he was doing. The stories that he was telling meant so much to people. And and look, I was very, I was a little selfish at one point. I said, listen, I, I don't want you to sign anything. I don't want to photograph. I said, my daughter's birthday is next week. And for the past nine months, all I've heard about is how this is her birthday cruise. I'm like, Marion, it's not, honey. Your birthday's next week. And she's like, no, Richard Sherman's going to be there. And I said, would you just sing my daughter happy birthday? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And so I, I, we had this little surprise, and I brought my daughter to the room, and in the room is Richard Sherman, and he sings her happy birthday. And I'm like, saying a silent prayer, I'm like, dear Lord, please let my daughter remember this like for the rest of her life. <laughs> like when she wants a car, when she wants to go to the prom, and I say no, let her remember this moment. But that's the way he was. He's so magnanimous, so generous, and so... Such a, a such a real genuine person. You felt as though he was part of. Look, he he was upset because he didn't have his lanyard on yes. the first day. He's like, "Where's my yellow lanyard? I'm part of this group too." They wore him the whole time. He and his wife. He wore it the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he wore it the whole time. So, the uh, the concert on Nassau Day um, was something I think a lot of us will never forget, and uh, I'm sure you'll see lots of photographs, and we'll have some video and audio from the concert as well too for people who couldn't get a chance to go. But I will tell you. Becky and Tony, that when people say, oh, you're going on the Disney Dream, where's it going? What, where, what's the destinations? I usually say, I don't really care. I, it could, the <laughs> ship could sit in port or go around in circles. I don't really care because I did not get off in Nassau. Um, but I do get off. The one place I, I, I do always make sure I get off the ship is on Castaway Key. And we got off on like the perfect day. And again, uh, Disney was great in helping to set up a, a giant group photo right on Castaway Key at like nine o'clock in the morning, which we'll definitely have to uh, put up online too. But to see all those people like together, again, as part of that sort of big family in front of the Disney dream was awesome. Yeah, that's when you really hits you how many people are traveling with us. <laughs> because you look out, there's just a sea of yellow lanyards and people and banners. And that is an amazing picture too. So I can't wait to, to see it up online. And the thing about Castaway Key that's great is like everybody can enjoy it However, just like a cruise, right? You everybody vacations differently. Everybody can enjoy vac- uh, Castaway Key differently. Usually, I'm lined up in front of Cookies Two Barbecue, waiting for the the food to be served. But you can parasail. You can snorkel out to the twenty thousand leagues under the sea sub. You can do. You can rent jet skis. You could just relax on the beach. There's cabanas, the adult beaches. We had a couple of meets. We had a pelican plunge meet. Uh, don't look at me and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my only thing was I, we got to Castaway Key and all the kids are jumping in the water because they don't care, especially like your kids who are coming from New York where it's like minus 10 degrees, right? So it doesn't matter what the water feels like, but I'm admittedly a big sissy Mary when it comes to the water. Really? I like my water. Yeah, a little bit warm. Listen, you're like I a noticed. cat. You're a la- you didn't even know that there was water there. So you guys are all joking around about throwing me in. Ha ha ha. We're all having a big laugh. Uh, until someone else who is much larger than I am literally picks me up and starts dragging me in. <laughs> and so what do I do? I just go limp. I <laughs> my eyes roll back in my, in my head. And it doesn't stop there yeah. because he grabs me by my ankles and like Bruce the shark in Jaws, he drags me into the water. There's claw marks going from my beach chair into the water. I'm going, tell, tell my story. Tell my story. <laughs> 
I, all I saw were your were your fingers in the sand going backwards. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's gonna think it was me. I'm next. I'm leaving now. I need I need a beverage. <laughs> but I, I gotta say though, I, I don't know if you know this, but when after it was all over and he came back on the beach and he gave me the dream keys that of course you had in your pocket, which were ruined. I got about six more and I handed them to him and said, thank you for doing that. And I left. I was just thankful your son didn't see the, the display you put on as you're being dragged away. Listen, that could scar a child. That could scar a boy. It's know? all in fun. And we had a great time. I just, I supposedly somebody has photos, but I think it happened so fast. That, but hopefully there's photos around. Somewhere. So, but, but you mentioned dream keys mm-hmm. and we should hit that too, because what we did last year and did again this year, was we created these dream keys, which we handed out somewhat randomly throughout the cruise, whether it was for you coming to a meet, you answering a trivia question, you giving me a hug, whatever. I just gave them out, you know, willy-nilly. But you took those keys, and each of those keys had a number and a perforated ticket that you could take off because at the farewell party, you were able to put them into a raffle thing. So that's why it was great for people when they came to meets or when they came to some of these different things, they were rewarded along the way with these keys as well. Sometimes, oh, you're online for the Buffet of Cabanas? Have a couple of dream keys. So Andrew got dream keys for throwing me in the water. I, I don't know how that ended up working out. Him but for next time, just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's not the way to get dream keys next time. Keeping me warm and cozy and dry is, is a much better idea. So... Um, Again, Castaway Key Day also was uh, Pirate Night, so there was the Pirates in the Caribbean party, which Richard Sherman went to. He's like, "Listen, I want." He wanted to go up and see the fireworks at sea and see everybody uh, out there dancing as well too. And then we always ended the night with our uh, evening meetup and evolution. And there were a lot of great pirate costumes running around from our group. I could, I was just amazed at between the wigs and the dresses and the bling, and there was a ton of great um, creativity. In those outfits. Well, there was a lot of creative people on this cruise from the gifts that we were getting in our fish extenders at night. So again, Christy Vasaki said, uh, fish extenders are something that can hang from your door. And Mouse Fan Travel gives out these red fish extenders that next to your stateroom door is a fish, which is sort of like a um, a clasp, like a, like a chip clip almost, that you can hang a, a fish from, that you can hang this extender from that has pockets in it. And... Oftentimes, that's where you'll get notes, you'll get little gifts from Mouse Fan or whoever it may be, or if other people on the cruise want to give you gifts. But with so many people on board, Christy came up with this idea for a fish extender exchange where you would get 20 staterooms and you would all exchange gifts. So you wouldn't have to worry about doing 200 staterooms, you could just do 20. And things we were getting in our state, I felt so emasculated because there were these like electronic things and custom things, but personalized things for your families or your kids. People really spent a lot of time putting those together. Yeah, I think it was, again, the prep work that people did before the cruise, thinking this stuff up and and comparing um, what each other was going to do and trying to come up with, the, again, the creative pieces to put into not only the doors and the flags, but, again, these, um, these gifts that they were giving to the 20 people they were assigned. Very cool. Yeah, it was really nice. Some of the gifts, very thoughtful, handmade gifts, lots of fun stuff. And... For my 
my two boys, there's nothing more exciting than coming back. It's like checking your Christmas stocking every day yeah. on the cruise four or five times a day. Because you never know what was going to be there however many different times a day, right? Yeah, yeah and I got to give a big shout out to my team who did, who ran all of those decks <laughs> and went to every single one of those staterooms twice a day to make sure that there were things in those pockets. So that's a lot of running around and they certainly don't feel bad about the five or six chocolate souffles they had along the way because of all the running. Yeah. <laughs> that, just so you know, as somebody who we have walked that ship multiple times uh it's a really big boat <laughs> it's, a, it's a big ship with a lot of decks and next year for when for our next cruise we need to get everybody on the same deck right in the middle <laughs> so we're not running around I, listen it's, it's a lot of fun to do that and, and we'll get to the door decorating contest and, and how and why we went around but the uh, one of my favorite days of the cruise is the sea day because that's the day to just relax spend time on board explore the ship whether it's the Midship Detective Agency, we'll talk about, you know, we need to have a boys' day out at the spa yeah. because I finally got a chance to see what that rainforest room looked like. That was discovered. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. say it like it was hidden. Like nobody we didn't, like well, nobody knew about it. What all do you think sudden, we've been talking about yeah. all this time? Go to the spa. I've been on that like, ship four times. Eyes. I finally discovered where the census spa is and that oh so comfortable and warm tile warmed oh he walks in he's kind of like michael berrigan and i are laying down on these tile beds we just had, you know we're in the, in the sauna you were blobs and he's like he's like what are you two sissies doing in here and we're like lay down sit down on this tile chair this tile lounge chair he sits for a minute he's like it's hard i'm like give it a minute and all of a sudden he's like Bleh. <laughs> he just melts into the chair and i think it was an hour later we kind of stumble out of the chairs and uh, got back to real life but it took it i mean you need good <laughs> it, you need 2 hours to recover from those chairs you just come out of them so yeah. relaxed rain get the rainforest pat no shh Wait, next cruise, don't get it because I don't no. want anybody else to go. Okay, Because <laughs> then I can't the get a chair. Though. Now you guys get it. So when your wives have always said, I'm going to the spa and you guys rolled your eyes, like, what? Ah, fine, go get Now you get it, right? No, no, no. Now it's time It's time for the boys' day out. The girls have had girls' night out. I hope you've enjoyed your time at the spa <laughs> because on the fantasy, it, we'll have to work on it. We're going to do we'll, boys' day on the fantasy. <laughs> wow. All right. So again, the, the sea day is great. We've got... And we meet up on deck 11, we ride the aqueduct, we've got an ice cream social, all these different things before what is a very quick turnaround to you realizing that the cruise is over. Like the see you real soon party in the atrium happens at like 4.15 that day. You're like, wait a minute, tomorrow, like four days goes very, very fast. And that's why we'll talk about our decision as to what we're doing next year. But we did, uh, again, um, Thanks to Becky and her team at Rails, put we we had a uh, a farewell party over at Evolution, appropriately enough, and there was um, refreshments and there was food, as if there wasn't enough food on board the ship. <laughs> I will tell you, the best moment on the cruise was being at Evolution at eleven fifteen, eleven thirty. And realizing that Flo's V8 Cafe was open for 15 more minutes, walking upstairs and just ordering buffalo chicken pizzas, and uh, that was the night. Yeah, that was it. We ate it, Remy. We ate it, Paolo. <laughs> and you you couldn't have seen two guys more excited about a specific food item than the pizza they're serving at midnight on the deck. No, or well, wait, I take that back. <laughs> Becky's shaking her right <laughs> now. Just give, Becky's got her her head in her hands, shaking her head because I was, asked you guys that so question exciting. this morning. I was like, "Where was your favorite?" I, at lunch, I said, "Where was your favorite place to eat?" And her thing, I'm like, "Me, barbecue chicken pizza at Flo's Via Cafe, possibly with an honorable mention giving to." 
know this for future cruises, people. 24-hour room service, there is nothing better than a BLT and chicken wings in your stateroom at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's like 1.30 in the morning. Like, we can get BLTs. All of a sudden, you see, like, everyone light up. And they just came up with, like, we ordered, like, eight BLTs, six orders of buffalo wings. And not, nothing survived. Nothing, nothing, nothing not survived. a thing left at 2 a.m. And it's not like they, that wasn't like we needed, you know, we if we had a cocktail at Evolution, it was probably a lot. I think my cocktail was like Coca-Cola for the caffeine. So it was just the idea that you could order BLTs at midnight. Anyway, um, but the uh, the the farewell party, uh, a lot of stuff goes on there. Again, it's a, it's a place for us to be able to say thank you to everybody who joined us and our teams and everybody who, who put this all together. But it's also a time that we're able to hand out prizes, right? So we had prizes for the flag contest. And again, flag contest, the bar was raised because as people were bringing them to the welcome center, uh, you know, they're like, oh, come over here because you have to listen to our flag, hit the buttons and there's fireworks and it sings and it's making music and all kinds of stuff. I mean, people took, and there the, the winning flag is actually already hanging in my office. Like people spent a ton of time and creative effort putting these flags together. I would have had to get like a t-shirt and put it on a stick <laughs> because there's a level of my creativity when you when you compare to the great artwork that, that people displayed for this. It was amazing. Yeah, so, and we ended up, I don't even have a list of prizes here of what we ended up giving for, for the gift certificates, gift cards, gift and, cards. And extra dream keys so that extra, they had oh, that's more right. chances. That's right, because we did it before the raffle. Uh, the door decorating contest, I'm going to tell you, I, I was pretty impressed, albeit tired, last year after walking through 11 decks forward to aft, back and front, port and starboard on the ship to see all the doors. But this year, uh, people were telling me at the Welcome Center, hey man, make sure you come and see my door before the batteries wear out. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's like batteries, there's audio, there's video, there's scratch and sniff, like it's interactive three-dimensional paper mache. I mean, the doors were, thank God I can't participate yeah. because... You know, and somebody else said, I thought my door was great until I went next door. And then we just sort of stopped because some of the people did things that were personal to them, whether it was photos or notes to these elaborate, literally interactive elements on the doors. Yeah. Doors with doors with the spaceship Earth coming out of the side <laughs> of them and monorails on tracks off the door. And one door, which I think you're you're getting <laughs> yeah. to. The winning door, which was it had it had elements of all of the parks, and then in the center is the funnel from the ship, and dead center is Funnel Vision playing Toy Story live on on a little uh, right. right. A, and a little these screen. were not these. And listen, and this is not to take anything away, but as you're walking through the doors, people spent an incredible amount. Somebody took arts and crafts because they were doing individual hand cut out elements whether they were making rides out of paper in in three dimensions and you're like god this door is awesome like this could be the winner as you're walking through other ones had stories and things were done in such different types of motifs you're like god this one now all of a sudden as you're going through this one may be the winner and then you got to this door which you saw as you're walking down the hallway because it was in three dimensions because the the spaceship earth and the 20,000 league sub and the star speeder 3000 that you were talking about were made from paper mache. 
and they were literally sh- like shooting out from the door. And that funnel vision, he like hacked into a tablet and made <laughs> Toy Story play on it. And you walk by, you're like, we're done. You know, you're. I mean, it was incredibly impressive. And I know uh, Andy and Leah Siegel, who did that, um, I said, how did you even get this all here? <laughs> you know, because it was done in paper mache. But some of the other doors were, were so impressive. And whether it was personal photos or they would hide some of us in photos. Somebody said, did you hear my door? I says, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, which one was yours again? It was the one where Tony Caggiano was singing A Whole New World from the five-year anniversary <laughs> show. They made it very sort of personal to the show and the box and sort of how they connect with WW Radio. Right. I loved the Where's Lou one, which which was the Where's Waldo. And in, what, probably 30, 35 pictures yeah. had embedded your face popping out of places. And, <laughs> and, a, was and, and I was a belly dancer in one of them, which made me really thrilled because that's never going to happen. And <laughs> there, was, again. there was so, well, really? <laughs> Did you, well, take me off track, why don't you? But there were so many incredible doors that we got to see but when we stood in front of the one with the funnel vision we 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 stopped we all stood there for probably 10 minutes looking at all the detail and all the pieces and just marveling over the he really put his tablet out inside his door and left it there okay and one of the 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 crew members said yeah and so many people have heard about this door and are coming by the door it's funny because I think a lot of the crew, some of the things that they were talking about were the door decorations. Certainly Richard Sherman. A lot of the crew were trying to get in there, especially the entertainment cast were, were trying to get in when they heard he was there. Um, and the pajama party. That's the legacy that we left. <laughs> from uh, Richard Sherman, doors and pajamas was the legacy we Our left. Our job here is done. But we got a shout out during Believe on the last night. The Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that. No, I did not know that. On the last night, the uh, the cruise director gave a shout out to W Radio. So nice. I was not there, but our wives were there. (laughs) We were working. We were working. Working Working and ordering more Flo's food, probably. No, that was during the show. I think we're we were no, because you know we were doing that night. We were working. We were doing the live broadcast. All right. That was the night. uh, You know, there there is Wi-Fi on board, but sometimes you don't know depending on how many people are using it and where you are, it can be touch and go, but we lucked out and we were able to do, as promised, our live uh, Wednesday night show from the um, from the cruise. But what I wanted to really do was for the people who were not able to be there, I wanted them to get a chance to hear from Richard. He asked me to call him Richard. He asked everybody to call him everybody. Richard. I still want to call him Mr. Sherman because that's what my parents taught me. But uh, I wanted them to get a chance to hear from him and we sat in... Uh, one of the uh, one of the cabins and did just some one on one. And first of all, he was fascinated by just the whole technology. He's like, wait, there's people watching live, and he's watching the chat room go by. And I said, Richard, these are your people, man. These. And again, he was so warm, and he told stories again that we hadn't heard before after spending four or five days with him. And then we were able to take the box uh, through the ship outside onto deck eleven, and it was a really nice surprise to see. Uh, so many people who were out there waiting to be, who literally came out of the box and be part of uh, the broadcast that night. That was really, that was awesome. It was cool. Yeah, it, it was amazing watching his face light up when he was looking and watching the chat and seeing the 
all of the accolades that the folks in the box were giving him for all of his work, and it was it was neat to watch. Neat yeah. to watch his face. It was um, it was tough to say goodbye that that evening. You know, as we had done earlier in the day. Again, going back very quickly to the farewell party. We did the doors. We did the flags. We did the raffle. Uh, again, the the raffle, which was a hundred percent of the money raised for the raffle, went to the Make a Wish Foundation through our Dream Team project. Christy through putting those together and donations from so many people and experiences from guys like Casey Jones from the Disney Design Group who's going to take somebody into Adventureland, going to give them a a custom orange bird drawing and have sort of a a one-on-one citrus swirl meet to, you know, collectibles. Uh, I don't know why you'd want a carbon frozen loo, but there was one (laughs) of those in there. But through that, she raised about $4,700 in just a couple of days for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And we thought that was it, but as you people are wont to do, keeping me in the dark, somebody else came up on stage, somebody who is a, a, a loyal box person. She came to the meet in New York. Her name is McKenna. She's, what, 14, 15? And told her story, um, and I was digging my fingernails into my finger, so again, would not lose it on stage. Uh, told her story about how she wanted to be a part of things, and she wanted to do make a contribution she arranged her own bake sale at her school. She got permission to do all these things, and she raised almost $1,100 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, so it brings the total to nearly $5,000. That's a family right there. That's another family that's going to get to go to Disney World that really needs it, uh, thanks to all of you and your generosity. So I, I am incredibly grateful uh, on behalf of that family for all of, of what you guys had done um, to make that happen and certainly to Christy and everybody else who was part of it. But I think what a lot of people were really excited about was the raffle, right? They were getting all these dream keys. A lot of people not really sure what those keys were for, but Becky Menken, what did they have a chance to play for? Well, we, we had a whole selection of prizes, but the, the big one that we were giving away was a six-night stay at a moderate resort with dining and tickets for four people um, that can be used. And that, of course, was the, the thing that everybody was targeting, so we drew that first. But then we also had mystery prizes in envelopes that people could uh, draw from after, of course, we drew for the six-night stay. And those included experiences. Again, do you realize how many times you're going to eat in the Magic Kingdom due to all the prizes we gave away? It's a win-win for everybody. I know. So many of them. And I, and I told you, just like on the tours and everything else, I I reserve the right to be involved in any of those so I can heckle on the side because it'll be fun. But For who? For who? (laughs) For which one of us? (laughs) Because it'll be fun. But um, it it was really neat. And yeah, we gave away more carbon lose than probably... You need to go do a couple more, I think. Yeah, so there was the the one big prize, which was the the six-night stay, moderate with dining and tickets and the whole nine yards. And then we had five mystery envelopes. And they're all able to choose one of the envelopes and they ranged from... Uh, gift cards to experiences to dinners at Blue Zoo and tours and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, I got to tell you, that night uh, on the final night uh, and as we were walking around the ship, uh, I, I wanted to make sure that I met and I shook the hands of and, and tried to hug everybody who was there. And it seemed like so everybody just had such a good time, right? I saw so many great friendships develop. I know you guys have as well too. People that said, I don't know how you ended up putting us with these people at dinner, but these are like our soulmates. Like we are, uh, you know, we like the same things. We like doing the same things. And then they were leaving the ship to go to Disney World together. Like these instant friendships form. 
The Richard Sherman thing meant so much to people. I, I just felt so blessed to be a part of something that so many people enjoyed. And, you know, the thanks goes to everybody who was there and Becky and you and your team and Tony and Christy and John and everybody else um, on the WWE radio team who put that together. But it, it is the community. It is this WWE radio family that made this trip, uh, you know, without a doubt, one of the most memorable experiences and the most memorable few days ever. <laughs> you guys got nothing. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> I didn't know what Becky did. No, she kicks me and leans back. It's, well, it's that same thing. It's uh, Yeah, how, how do you put your brain around what we just did for the last four days? We got to see and meet people that you talk to on Twitter all the time and you've never met in person. And it, it just it pulls together these people who have this one thing in common and you give them a few days together, and all of a sudden, like you said, they're they're best friends, and they're going to travel together going forward, and they're not going to miss the next one, and it's it's just heartwarming. Yeah, it was so much fun to, like you said, to actually meet the people that you've talked to online, and you've you've known just slightly known, and now you actually you're meeting their family and their kids, and we're sitting down next to dinner at dinner next to other families who are just as excited to be there as we are. We just had a great time with it. You know, and it's hard, I'm finding it's hard to convey in this medium via audio what the experience was like. And we, we, took, we took countless photos and, and videos that we're going to share over the next few days and weeks. And I want to invite people who were on board to share their photos as well, too, where you are most comfortable, whether it's the uh, Facebook page, which I'll, I'll link to in the show notes this week, or you can email them to me and share them that way. Twitter, Flickr, whatever it may be, we'll put together a central repository where people can share their photos and their memories. And if you did come on, please come on my Facebook page and let me know. I would love to hear from you sort of now that you're a few days removed from the cruise. But um, it was one of those things that I love doing, not just with my family and with my friends, but with my extended family and friends. And so I said on the first day that we need to do it again and we need to do it not just bigger, but even longer, because we find that four days does go very quickly. And I think that my my goal of wanting to do a, create, a cruise that was four days lets people who had never cruised before sort of dip their toe in the water. Seven days might have been too long. Now that they've done it, they say four days is too short. I want to do it again, but I want to spend more time. I want to go other places. I want to spend more time on board. And that's why next year we, we decided to go on the Disney Fantasy, the Disney Dream sister ship, for another WW Radio cruise. And we announced the dates on board uh, during the welcome party. We announced it during the live show on Wednesday night. And then to announce the dates now, it's going to be November 2nd through the 9th, 2013. It's going to be a seven-day cruise. It's going to go to St. Thomas, St. Martin, which are beautiful islands. I will get off there. And then a couple days at sea. And of course, Castaway Key as well. For those people, again, who are in the Northeast, it is, we tried to time it around Jersey week for you. You know, it's, Becky, we struggle with this. We, we struggle with the date for so long and we pull up different dates at different times of the year because we want as many people, as much opportunity to go as possible. And you try and juggle, juggle things like school and work and vacations and things like that. And while most people, you know, have their kids have off in the summer, that sounds like the ideal time. The price point is so different than this time of year that 
we don't think as many people would be able to participate. Yeah, it, it is really a struggle. And you and I go through this every year when we start talking about dates for this type of thing. And during summer, it really can be almost three times as much to sail in the summer when, the, when Disney calls it peak season. Uh, as opposed to in the fall. So at least uh, I know that it doesn't help anybody like me in Washington State or others around, but it, at least for Jersey Week in the no Northeast, it does kind of help out in that area. Yeah, and if you're interested, if you want to just get a quote, there's there's no obligation at all. I will put a link in the show notes this week where you can go over to Mouse Fan Travel and they will quote out a, uh, a cabin for you. Right, and one thing I will say is if you are even thinking about going, get a quote Put down a deposit. You can always cancel it, and the deposit is fully refundable. That will just lock in the price when it's low, because the ships, as the ship fills, the price goes up historically. So if you do it early, if you find that you're unable to go, at least you've um, you can cancel, but at least you've locked in the lowest available rate. And we saw how many people rebooked oh. from this cruise. That you know, I, that's a, I think that's a testament to the experience that they had wanting to come back again. I was amazed. We had, just in case, we, we thought that that might happen, but we weren't exactly sure. We had a, another team of people that I don't think you even saw who were just processing onboard bookings. And we had a huge amount, uh, more than 50% rebooked going on the November 2nd cruise. So we have quite a number of people who are already committed and going. And people like you who should be committed. But okay, so, <laughs> wow. so a couple days out, I want you to leave us with what was your, your takeaway? What was your moment? What was the thing for you that you will... Rem Stop pointing at each other. I'm going to point to one of you first. What is the thing that was the moment for you or the experience for you or the thing that you will remember from this cruise? I just think it was... BLTs. You can say BLTs. BL I think it was 2 a.m. BLTs, quite <laughs> frankly. No. Bonding it, in the rainforest room. It really... I think that the... For me, the concert was incredible. Meeting Richard Sherman was unbelievable. But the most fun was still like at sea day when you're everybody's on deck, it seems like, just kind of hanging out, riding the aqueduct. I mean, the laughs we had online for the aqueduct, and when you get up top with such a big group of people, the cheering every time someone else goes on and their double tube shoots down <laughs> that, that, that tunnel, it's... um. It was it's incredible and my kids are running around making new friends and it was like it felt like we knew everybody on the deck which in our section of deck we did i mean a huge <laughs> section of deck everybody was with us and it was it's incredible to travel with that many friends for me i'm thinking in the hospitality center uh, we ran that at least six hours every day and people would come in and come out and people would just stop by to say how great of a time they were having, how wonderful it was and sharing their stories about what they did during the day. Uh, my other, of course, is me meeting Richard Sherman. That really was something that was very d near and dear to my heart and very special to me. But I, I, I will admit, I did manage to, to not do an Augustus Gloop in the, um, in the aqueduct. So I, I did miss out on uh, on doing it again, and I'm having this huge feeling by the look that I'm getting right now across the table, it won't happen again, right? You wouldn't even do it for the children. Oh, no, 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 no. I said I'd do it for the children for 13. I, you and I, you and I are doing it together in 2013. So I will tell you that in looking back and, and trying to sort of uh, en encapsulate four days, um, I think for me, the... Uh, the, the biggest takeaway for me was not something that was um, 
personal to me. It was watching other people, right? It, whether it was watching other people at the concert or getting to talk one-on-one to Richard Sherman, getting that one thing signed, winning something, going down the aqueduct, meeting friends, talking to me about the experience that they had and what a memorable time and they couldn't wait to come back. That for me was the most rewarding part, was watching you know, nearly 500 of my friends and my family have the kind of experience that I had only hoped and we worked so hard to make sure that they had. Um, that really touched me a, a lot. Um, you know, the Richard Sherman thing, again, too, from a personal level, is something I won't forget. Uh, being able to talk to him and meet with him and, and hear that concert like I felt like it was in his living room, I, I will not soon forget that. Um, but watching those other people enjoy the cruise as much as it seemed that they did was far and away the uh, the biggest reward for me. But I want to hear from the people who were on the cruise. I want to hear from you now that you've been away from the cruise for a few days, what was it? What was that thing, that moment, that takeaway, that friendship, that funny thing, whatever it is, the, the, whether it's a frustrating question on the trivia quest, which you all did very well, in, by the way, it was fun watching people literally run around the ship and cast away key, filling out their trivia quest forms. And what, did, what did they win? I don't remember what they won for that. Was there a, I think a, it's a tour. A tour? Might have yeah, been a tour. It's a tour that I think we we're going on to Right. I think we were yeah. I think we said we we're going to spend a day mm-hmm. touring the Magic Kingdom and by touring, I mean not just the history and the details and the stories, but eating multiple Food. times a day. Um so, I want you guys to come by the show notes over at wdwradio.com. Leave your comments there in the comment section. Keep the conversation going there about what your favorite moment from the WW Radio Cruise was. Again, tough to convey what this cruise was like. Definitely stay tuned to the website, to the blog, to iTunes and YouTube for videos and audio from that as well too. I think this is a great way sort of recapping this cruise and this kind of event where we talk about community and talk about family to sort of celebrate the technically the official number-wise 300th episode of WW Radio. So I want to thank you and all your team, Becky Mankin, and Tony, you and your family. You guys are like family to me and everybody else who was there uh, for making this such a great time. So I say thank you and let the countdown begin. Oh my gosh, it's actually begun. It has, <laughs> the, technically, the countdown has begun on Twitter. How, how are we gonna, what are we going <gasps> to... We're going to do that thing, aren't we? We're going to do... We're going to do that thing. There's always always surprises in store. I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's my standard answer to me. I know nothing. I can't wait to see the logo. Well, I'll bet you can't. (laughs) We'll reveal the logo soon. And thank you again to Stefan Lawrence for putting that logo together. Cool. Time for the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I'll ask you to test your knowledge of Disney World history, trivia, see how well you pay attention to the details, what you see, maybe what you hear by quoting a line from a show or an attraction, asking you to identify where in Walt Disney World you may have heard it. Each week, one winner will be drawn randomly from all the correct entries, and they will win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and pick our winner. 
So last week's show was all about finding Walt in Walt Disney World, and as we were leading up to our cruise with Richard Sherman, I thought we would combine the two, and I asked you, what was Walt's favorite song that he would ask the Sherman brothers to play for him on Friday afternoons? Richard Sherman talked about it on the cruise this week, and I gave you a hint because that answer could have been found in show number 80, which was my first interview with Richard. And based on the hundreds of correct answers, you either did your research or you knew the answer that Feed the Birds was one of Walt's favorite songs from the Sherman Brothers. And that's what he would have him come in and sing sometimes on a Friday afternoon before wishing him a good weekend. So again, thank you to everybody who answered. This week's winner receives all of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World, a WDW Radio luggage tag, button, and a signed Sherman Brothers songbook CD. It's a two-CD set signed this past week by Richard Sherman and a signed photo of Richard Sherman from the cruise as well. And this week's winner is Mark Schulte. So Mark, congratulations. Send me your address. I'll send out your prize package. If you didn't win last week, that's okay because here's your chance to play and win in this week's Walt Disney World trivia question of the week. So since we're still in cruise mode, I thought I would ask you a question about the Disney Cruise Line, but with a little bit of Walt Disney World thrown in there as well. Because a sunken piece of what Walt Disney World attraction can be found in the waters of Castaway Key. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, November 18th, to send your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. And this week you're playing for all of my audio tours, a luggage tag, a button, and a signed photo of Richard Sherman, which he signed this past week on the WDW Radio Cruise. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Of course, thanks to all of you who joined us on the Disney Dream for the cruise. Thanks again to everybody who watched live as we broadcast this past Wednesday. If you missed our WDW Radio Live, I did post the audio in the iTunes feed and the video, including my one-on-one interview and uh, sit-down conversation with Richard Sherman, brief tour of the ship, and again, getting together with members of the WDW Radio family on board the Disney Dream before we disembarked. I posted that full video on the WW Radio website, on the blog, and I also posted it on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Radio. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment there as well. If you missed this week's live broadcast, join us every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at www.radiolive.com. There you can be part of the show as it takes place live as we talk back and forth in the text chat room. You can also follow me over on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Subscribe to my profile at Facebook. I'm facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, pinterest.com slash Lou Mangiello. You can find all those links over at www.radio.com. While you're there, be sure and check out our other videos, our daily blog posts, photo contests, self-shot Tuesdays, and lots more. And you know, more than anything else, I love getting a chance to meet all you guys in person. So check out our events page for the WDW Radio Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other events that we have taking place around the country in 2013 as we go on the road to Aulani, New York, Las Vegas, California, and on the Disney Fantasy. Again, you can find all these events on the events page over at WDWRadio.com. 
If you have a comment on this week's show, you can leave it in this week's show notes on the website. You can also call the voicemail. Be heard on the air by calling 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-9391. Or email me at lou at www.radio.com. If you have a question, vacation planning, trivia, history, whatever it is that you want me to answer on the air. Quick thanks again to my partners and sponsors. You know, Becky and her team over at Mouse Fan Travel did an amazing job on the cruise, and they will help you plan your vacations to Disney World, Land, Adventures by Disney, or your own Disney cruise by visiting them over at mousefantravel.com. When you come into Walt Disney World, All-Star Vacation Homes has everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes. You can find them over at allstarvacationhomes.com. And if you want a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your doorstep, Celebrations Magazine is available in print and on your iPad. You can visit them over at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, and so many of you proved that this past week on the Disney Dream, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Whether you tweet out that you're listening, share your favorite episodes on Facebook, and please come by, rate, and review the show over in iTunes. Very appreciated. Very, very helpful as well, too. And finally, and most importantly, I'm so grateful to all of you for letting me share my passion. And if you want to make changes in your life for the better, then be positive, be healthy, be smart, love others, and believe in yourself. It really is that simple. Thank you again so very much. I hope you guys have a great week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Jim O'Neill, and we just got back from a few days at the parks following the dream cruise and just wanted to tell you what a great time we had and all of the fun things you had planned with the help of Becky and her team and Christy and everyone else who helped out to put things together. It was a fantastic time from Richard Sherman to the pajama party and everything in between before and after. It was really, really a great time and it was our first cruise and we already signed up for next year's. Hopefully we can make it. Again, Lou, great time, great job, and we really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Jay from Jersey. Just want to say the cruise is fantastic, and I probably think, you know, that I could count in my hand, you know, the number of life experiences I would hold up there is the most special. And i got to say that meeting Richard Sherman was probably uh, right up there on that, that very small list. The concert was amazing. He comes across as a really genuine and nice guy, and uh, I'm just so very glad you were able to. Uh, arrangement being on there. So, have a lot of fun. Looking forward to the next one. Talk to you soon. Hey, Lou. It's Paul Syapik. Just wanting to say thank you for uh, all the work you and Becky and your your teams did on the cruise. We had an amazing time. Even though we loved the food and loved all the stuff that we did, I think the best thing was meeting the people, meeting the fr- making new friends. Uh, one special memory I'm going to have is when my daughter talked to um Mr. Sherman, and he said, she said at dinner, Mr. Sherman, I think your brother was singing to my mommy up in heaven when you were singing to us. To me, that makes all the difference. So thanks again, and take care. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Rich from Westfield, New Jersey. I know you're on the trip of a lifetime right now, but I just wanted to say that back here in New Jersey, things are kind of stinky right now after our big storm. But as I clean up all the debris around my house and try to help the neighbors with buying supplies, I have your podcast in my ears listening to episodes uh, 298 and 299 about Walt's legacy around the park and all those great Epcot attractions. Uh, I'm an extremely loyal listener because of moments like this. You help me escape to my Disney happy place every day, but it's it's the moments like now when things are toughest that I need to escape uh, even more. But keep up the great work. 
I just put my daily vote in on the podcast award site and um, just wishing that I was on that Disney cruise ship with you right now with my wife. Anyway, looking forward to hearing about your trip. Have a great time. And uh, we're all looking forward to hearing the news about your trip. See you later. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. This is Yael. I wanted to call and say how my husband Michael and I had an amazing time on the second WDW radio cruise. Even though we were on the first cruise in 2011, we didn't feel we were repeating ourselves with this one. It was so great to see old friends and meet new ones. A special highlight, of course, was the Richard Sherman show. We were listening to the Sherman Brothers CD on the drive down to Florida, but to see him play those songs live on stage and tell the stories of how the songs were written, that was truly something we will remember for the rest of our lives. Other highlights for us included the pajama meet and evolution, the caffeine meet, checking our fish extenders for gifts from the fish extender gift exchange that Christy Visaki organized, watching Wreck-It Ralph at the Walt Disney Theater, followed by ordering room service at 1 a.m., and a dinner we had at Palo. Thank you and Becky for arranging this very special cruise with memories that will last us You've got a friend in me. Yeah. It doesn't cost much to do a nice thing. It doesn't cost much to give love. And the father in, in Mary Poppins was so busy doing his job, making money at the bank and everything, he didn't have time to do anything with his children. And Mary Poppins teaches him the lesson. And one of the ways she taught it to him was she said, it doesn't take much to do a kind deed. Feed the birds, tuppence a bag. It doesn't take much to give kindness and love. Smile, that costs nothing, but you can give love. Take the kids out, take them on a ship. <laughs> that costs money. <laughs> but every once in a while on a Friday afternoon, we'd get a call from Walt's office when we were working full time there. <clears throat> And uh, Walt would say, what are you working on? And we told him, and he'd say, well, he knew that. He knew what we were working on. And he'd look out the north window of his window of his office, and he'd say, play it. Like, like, play it again, Sam. And I'd play this for him. He loved it. Early each day to the steps of St. Paul's, the little old bird woman comes in her own special way to the people she calls, come by my bags full of crumbs. Come feed the little birds, show them you care, and you'll be glad if you do. Their young ones are hungry, their nests are so bare. All it takes is tuppence from you. Feed the birds tuppence. Tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag Feed the birds, that's what she cries While overhead her birds fill the skies All around the cathedral the saints and apostles Look down as she sells her wares Although you can't see it You know they are smiling each time Someone shows that he cares. Though her words are simple and few. Listen, listen, 
She's calling to you.